0: What's up everybody? Welcome back to episode 127 of the Sorry to Interrupt Podcast. A little Wednesday mix for you on a Wednesday. Sean and I jumped right in. We talked about the Mets new hire of Carlos Beltran, how we felt about that one. After that, we talked a little Washington Nationals because they did just win the World Series. Following that, we talked NCAA football, especially previewing the Alabama LSU, the much anticipated game coming up on this Saturday. Following that, we broke down the NFL. We talked about, unfortunately, the local teams, and we went down the slate from last week. After that, we went over our picks from last week, talked about the picks for this week, especially the greatest pick ever, the sperm bank pick of the week. So follow us on Twitter, at sorry Sports. Follow us on Instagram, Sorry Check out the website, SorrySports.com, and if you have anything to say, shoot us an email, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. We will be back next week, guys. Enjoy the pod.
1: all right everybody welcome back to the sorry to interrupt podcast we're here for another combo wednesday podcast monday rundown and begin nfl wednesday afterwards tom what's up man what
0: it do baby how are you i've been better i've been worse man <laughs> the state of new york sports bro go Johnny. <laughs> go fucking johnny's it's uh it's rough and we'll
1: talk about the met life bowl that's just if you're not from new york and you're not a fan of either of these teams i have absolutely no idea why you would watch this game
0: but not at all we will be
1: sadly that's the state of our fandom right now but um we're gonna start with the monday rundown slate and we were speculating for a while bro about the new york mets decision we said it was going to come down to probably eduardo perez or carlos beltron it did and uh carlos beltron got the job what'd you think
0: I like the hire. Um, He was close to getting the Yankee job. I think it came down to probably him and Boone last time. Yep. Um, And and I think that he's going to be... He's already been... I think he was like a special advisor to Cash. Yeah. um, Which definitely helped him get the job, I would assume. It couldn't have hurt him. Um, And I think he's going to be a good mix of a clubhouse guy and also a guy that can listen to the nerds.
1: I think he's going to be a really good manager. I, I don't really quite understand why people are like so you know, pessimistic about it other than the fact it's the Mets and they seem to fuck up a lot of situations. But this
0: one I for once I don't think they did. They took their time.
1: Listen, they made a decision that they were gonna take a guy with no experience. Alright? So if you're gonna do that, you're gonna start ordering, you know, your your possibilities in, you know, an order that's gonna say, okay, out of all these guys, who's our best pick?
0: I mean it, it, I don't understand why people are shitting on the Mets because it's not like they were the first team to ever do this. The Red Sox won a World Series with Alex Cora. He had never managed a game before. The The Yankees obviously have Boone. David Ross just got hired. It was Dave Martinez, who just won the World Series, by the way. I don't know if we talked about that with the Washington Nationals. I don't think he was ever a manager before.
1: No, he wasn't. And uh, Rocco Baldelli was never a manager before either so uh, i mean these guys can these guys can make the transition pretty seamlessly because of in the if you have a strong analytics department which the mets are finally starting to adopt a- and preach and, and have as a major focal point of their I organization am for higher, they'll be by fine the way.
0: what's that i'm for hire i'm pretty good at math okay there you go you want to go work for uh, brody nah nah no I don't. Ap- Pulling that application back real fast? I don't think I... Well, once you said that, I forgot about that part. I, I don't think I'd leave my current job to work for the Mets.
1: It'd be tough. You know, it's kind of one of those jobs that sounds really good, but you know you're set up to fail. Um, but back to Beltron for a second. You know, he's such a respected baseball guy. He has played with some of the players... Um, you know, that are or played at least around a lot of the players that are going to be on this team. Um, he's been a role model for a lot of young players. Obviously, he's had a prolific baseball career. He's a Hall of Famer. Maybe not first ballot, but a Hall of Famer. he it,
0: especially with that ring he's got. Yeah, one, and one of the best, you know, one of the best Mets of all time. I know his... The greatest Mets outfielder of all time. There's no argument.
1: Yeah, I mean, he has, you know, and... and uh, you know, for anybody that thinks because he w- looked at that called strike three and that's a negative about his managing, Oh, get the fuck over it. They can get the fuck over it. It was the same with the people who were like, oh, well, Aaron Boone's going to be a great manager because he hit that home run off Wakefield.
0: It's like, who keep in mind, cares? they lost it doesn't that mean World anything. Series. And, and that's what kills me about that home run because I know it was iconic, but they also went on to lose the Florida Marlins and Josh Beckett in that World Series. So it, it didn't cap anything off.
1: Yeah, all you're left with is a moment when you think about a player's career with that team. And and with the Mets, it's unfortunately no matter all, how great a lot of the accomplished Bel- accomplishments Beltron had, uh, you know, they're thinking of that called strike 3 against the Cardinals in game 7 of the 06 NLCS. Yes, it is what it is, but I think he's going to be a really good manager. I think he's going to have a ton of respect. I think he's, you know, he obviously handles himself in New York very, very well.
0: I think the most important thing cuz this is a very young team, he's going to be great for the young guys on that team. Well, they're a young team, but they're also kind of a win now team. They're very much a win now team actually. They're they're in a weird spot just because their young guys are starting to develop and they have a lot of talent, which is why I think he's definitely going to help them play above their projected wins and, and play above their heads because he's going to be able to get those young guys locked in. But at the same time, he's going to be well-respected in that clubhouse with the veterans that are there.
1: I think that's a big piece. And I also, I also think that he's going to be a guy that, you know, he's going to give them all a sense of, Hey, I've got this, you know, you guys can just go out, play your game, I've got everything else. I've been here. I've done that. I know the media. You guys don't have to answer for certain in-game decisions or what, whatnot. I've got that, and it seems like Mickey Callaway was really at odds with a lot of the decisions that were coming down from the front office and that decisions he was making on the play, on the uh, field of play. I'm interested to see who he brings in as his bench coach, and he's mentioned. Um, you know, certain veteran guys who have been in the game a long time, been in the dugout a long time. And I think that would serve him very well to bring in a guy who knows what it's like to be on that battlefield in the dugout as a manager slash coach.
0: Yeah. I, I always like when you have a young manager to have that experience, P- possibly former manager for a bench coach. Who's Boone's bench coach again? That's a really
1: good question. Why am I drawing? Oh, it's,
0: um, it's not Nevin, is it?
1: No, Nevin's a third base coach. I mean, he's had Rothschild, Rothschild was
0: yeah. The pitching was, coach.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm drawing a total blank. I mean, it just goes to show what the I know uh, Robbie Thompson was, was uh was Girardi's, but in any event I, I I mean he's had experienced guys in there. I think that was a big piece of keeping Larry Rothschild on that staff and having Marcus Timms on that staff as well as the hitting coach, guys who have been there before. Josh Bard. Josh Bard, that's right. They, so I in any event Experience matters in the coaching staff. I think Larry Rothschild staying around for as long as he did was a major reason for that. Um, and, you know, we'll see what Belt- who uh, Beltron brings in to be his bench coach. Either way, I think we can both decide this was a good hire for the New York Mets. You're going to win the PR. You're going to win, you know. What's
0: Willie Randolph doing? Bring him in. <laughs> Willie, I don't know
1: if he would do that. I don't him. know if he would do it either. I think that Willie's just one of those old school guys that just wants no part of, you know, in-game decisions based off analytics. Mm. I could be wrong, but, uh, you know, he, he's, he has a lot of former teammates that are retired now that I'm sure, you know, hey, Brian McCann, what about him? If he wants to, that would be a great guy to bring in since he announced his retirement. I know he has strong ties to the uh, to the Atlanta Braves organization. I don't know if he wants to do anything there or sit it out a year or two, but I think that would be an idea. Either way, good hire for the Mets. Um I don't really blame them for not going after Girardi. They clearly didn't want Girardi there, and if you don't want him there, and you were gonna, you were hell bent on bringing in a young manager with no experience that you could not, you know, be the puppeteer for, but all, you know, kind of just
0: push your way of thinking on. He's he's the best guy for the job. Absolutely. So just to recap the end of the season, because I don't know if we've spoken. We have not on the air since the we, Washington we were talking Nationals.
1: during Game Seven. Yes,
0: and what an epic series! No team won a home game, but... First time ever. Got to give the Nats credit, man. They started off 19 and whatever, like everybody in the world has mentioned. We're probably the last ones to do it, but way to fight, and uh, Soto, Soto's better than Harper. Soto's better than Harper. Thank you. I'm glad I got that out of you. I love the way he grabs his dick right before he gets in the box every single time, because he can back it up. That's the thing. Yeah, he can. Um, and, and you know what? Uh, even if they lose Strasburg, I still think this team's going to be pretty good next year. I think they are too, but they
1: have a lot of <coughs> question marks. Rendon might be even bigger than Strasburg to see well, what happens that, with him. You know, they're
0: also losing Hudson, who is one of their only sure-handed relievers as well. Do a a free well I agent. don't know if they're going to lose him, but these are guys that are not currently on the team. Um, it'll be interesting to see, but it, Zimmerman, this, this team had a lot of fight, and that's the guy who I was happiest because they called him Mr. National a million times, first guy ever to get drafted by the Washington Nationals. He was used he was there for some slim years. Um a lot of losses, but listen, they won the World Series. Congrats to them. I'm just glad Houston didn't win.
1: Yeah, especially after that assistant GM bullshit um with the Osuna thing. Yeah, uh, not a good look for a team that does that. We as Yankee fans have no love lost for the Astros.
0: Well, but you know, I, I don't want to be a complete hypocrite when it comes to that because we do root for multiple guys on the team that have been. I'm accused just saying of when it comes violence. to
1: between those two teams, it was yeah. pretty easy to root for the Nats.
0: Absolutely, and listen, one and that's the thing. You know, you got to be professional because one bad egg can ruin the whole thing. There's, There's none of those guys. None of those guys said anything except the assistant GM. But now they all look like assholes. They all look like assholes because they could not have possibly handled that worse. One
1: interesting remark that I have for you about this Nationals championship is the Nationals are not an analytics team. Matter of fact, they're I think one of the worst or one of the least used analytic teams in baseball. Now, when we would use it about the Mets, it's well, of course they are because, you know, they don't back it up. But this is a team that is driven by a lot of pro scouting. And this is not an analytics-driven team in the sense of they don't hit and run all that well. There's a lot of slow players. They are not a good defensive team for the most part. They're not a high-on-base percentage team for the most part. Their bullpen stinks, which is completely contradictory to every other team that's been at this point. And yet somehow they just had kind of that magic formula that formed during the second half of the season and into this playoff run. I'm not saying abandon analytics, that's stupid, but I am saying, hey, maybe we can look at this team and kind of push back a little bit and say, you know, it's not everything. Sometimes baseball is purely a gut game and a grit game, and you have a guy like a Howie Kendrick who, you know, is a defensive liability. But he's just due for a clutch hit. He's brings so much
0: attitude and fire to that you team. You say that C word, bro. You know, that's that's a bad word in analytics. Yeah, I know. But you know what? It was there. It he's was. the one who hit the grand slam to send him to the World Series. Hit that home run in Game he had 7. A big ho- he had a lot of big hits in the, in the World Series itself. So, listen, I'm, I'm trying to be more in the middle. I am a reigning fantasy baseball champ. It's not a big deal. So, clearly, I know my analytics. Wow. But Congratulations. You know, I do, I, thank you. Thank you. Shout out to Will. Fucking smoked him to go to the championship game. Not a big deal. But, Will, you can call me champ for the rest of the year. But it's not a big deal. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's really not because no one cares except for Phillips and Will. Um, but, again, I, I, I think that clutch is a real thing, clearly. There are certain guys who just slow the game down. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you say that Rendon. Derek Jeter is – Rentone, absolutely. I mean, Soto – as mm-hmm. well, I'm. Those guys are just great players overall, analytics and everything. Yeah. Well, but Mayhew is a lot like that. Absolutely. Um, and, and you wouldn't say that Derek Jeter is the greatest statistical shortstop of all time. No, it, it, But he, yeah, he always came through when you needed him. I'd be very interested to see what Jeter would be like if he
1: was how he would be viewed as if like his second, third, fourth year in the league and his first time due for a big deal. When he was like, you know, he was around Arod and and Ordonez and Nomar, and it's kind of like, okay, well, where does he rank? Yeah, you, know, you also had Edgar Renteria in that in that group, and it was like, okay, yeah. where does Jeter really rank here? And imagine yeah. they had war back then and all that other bullshit. Yeah, I know it's it's not cra- bullshit, but you know what I mean. No, I mean I I think there I think there can be a middle ground.
0: I really do. Well, of course, and the prime example of. Supporting your argument is one that and two that Mike Trout is the greatest statistical baseball player ever, thus far throughout his career, you can't argue that. Nope. And he has made has he I think he's made the playoffs once. Yeah, his third year. There's that. There's that for you. So, you can take that and shove it, nerds. There
1: you go. Strong. That's strong. Suck
0: it, nerds. Yeah, suck it. Um, suck it, Frenchie. All right. So, let's go. Wow. Hear- <laughs> I'm mad at him because he hasn't been doing the Monday morning quarterback articles that we were supposed to be doing throughout this whole thing. Thanks, buddy. All right, You're so such a bad guy. Let's move on to some NCAA football. My <laughs> new <laughs> favorite sports. So the uh, the first official college football rankings have been released. Mm-hmm. Let's go four to one, just to build some suspense. Penn State four. Shocker. You were shocked by that, really, or no? Yeah, I really was. I'm a, I'm a little surprised by that as well, but they've been having a really good season. Oh, yeah. Number three, your Alabama Crimson Tide. Mm-hmm. Who was the wide receiver that made that catch again? <laughs> In oh. 2007? Yes. It uh, wasn't Jerry Judy or Ruggs or
1: uh, Smith no, or any def- of those not, guys. No. Definitely
0: was not. Number two, the LSU Tigers. And number one... Oklahoma State University. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> go they Pokes. Did, they did, go Pokes. Go fucking Pokes. They did beat Texas uh, Texas Christian this past weekend. Oh, good for that. Who Will try to tell me was the third best team in the Pac-12, which is bullshit. Big 12. Whatever. Um, o- Ohio State University. What conference are they playing again, Tom? Big 12. Um, and then runners-up for this, number five and number six, five Clemson, six Georgia. How do we feel about this? I think Ohio State was the clear number one. I just think they've been rolling and having a great year. Yeah, the number one is fine for me. I mean, we
1: were talking about it when LSU was put in the uh, ranked number one in the AP poll, uh, not in the coaches poll, but the AP poll. And, and to me, I really don't give a shit about a lot of these things. I mean, as long as you're in the top
0: four, what do you, you know what I mean? And,
1: and, and what's interesting about this, I do think it's ridiculous that Clemson's not in. But I think what the what the voters did was they looked at it and said the only they were tested and easily could have lost to North Carolina
0: but you know what the thing is like at some point uh, they didn't lose that's so, exactly my piece and they're the reigning national champions and that has to speak for something in my opinion yep
1: I, and if you want to hold their strength of schedule against them you know I've I've been saying this for years and I'm sure you're in my corner you can't control who you play no you can't control who's in your conference what I you mean can do, switch you switch conferences like come on right and like uh, when people need to understand too is when a lot of these you know early season Season out-of-conference games are scheduled, they're done four, five, six years in advance. Yeah. So, like, everybody was given... These, alab- these games
0: that they're playing this year was, like, before Clemson was even good. Right. People were
1: talking about, like, oh, how the fuck did Alabama schedule Duke? Well, five years ago, Duke was on the up-and-up. I remember two years ago when they smoked Florida State. When they did that, Florida State was right off a national championship. They didn't know Jimbo was going to leave and the, and the program was going to fall, you know, completely apart, and we'll get into that in a little bit, too. And... To be perfectly honest with you, you can't control that shit. So I I don't like that, but Clemson not being in, it was a surprise to me. But the good part is, in the next few weeks, all these teams are playing each other. Starting on this Saturday for the epic LSU-Bama game. So one of those teams is falling out. In a couple weeks, Ohio uh, Ohio State plays Penn State. One of those teams is falling out.
0: So it'll all work itself out by the time it's all said and done. The only team not, I mean, I think they've already had their toughest games. They're not playing a real team. is Clemson. Right. Yeah. You know? So, that, which is to my point, they'll find their way in. Absolutely. Um, so they, Clemson fans, you guys should not be mad about that. I'm sure you guys, um, if everything, if you, if you just win the games in front of you, you will be in the top four. All right. So let's talk about this game that's coming up that I'm sure you and French, already have, um, on the docket. You guys probably already bought that extra large blanket for you to cuddle up under. It's getting cold. Uh, it is getting a little <laughs> chilly up in the, in the Eastern coast. Um, how do you feel about this? Give me a little prediction. We'll go a little deeper than we usually do with our predictions, just because, in my opinion, this is probably the biggest game of the, the football year, including the national title game and everything. And I think it's going to be
1: the most fun. At least before the SEC championship game. We'll see. And, yeah, and, you yeah, we'll know, see. What and, 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 prob- and well, based off how it goes, you know, of I course, think this
0: game's going to be better regardless. Yeah, of the SEC it, it should be. Game.
1: I think that Ohio State-Penn State game, as long as it stays chalk, that's going to be up there, too. But, yeah, for for right now, this is the game of the year in the regular season. And it's in Tuscaloosa. You nervous? I am. I, I would be. I think LSU is a damn good team. Now, they, they barely escaped against Auburn two weeks ago. They won 23-21. Auburn gave them all they could handle out there in Death Valley. But Burrow is Swaggy B. a legitimate quarterback. And you this can, is the first time they've the had level. that. In a yeah, long
0: time. I, I I honestly couldn't tell you because Jamarcus Russell, we clearly know about that. I couldn't tell you the last time LSU had a capable quarterback. No, I
1: mean th- we
0: remember when
1: uh, we remember when Zach Mettenberger was supposed to be really good. I mm-hmm. mean, this is a game that Alabama has been able to control the last few years because they would take away the running game, and LSU never had a quarterback who was able to orchestrate drives when they knew that they that Bama was just going to peel their ears back and rush them. And on third and sevens, third and eights, if that's the kind of situation they're in all night, Bama's going to kill Two playing, right? Two is playing.
0: Okay, so Alabama, I'll give him a little bit of the edge in the offense just because two is back and he's probably fully healthy. He's been out for a while. And those wide receivers yep. Get are in just insane. Now, I would give LSU a definite edge on the defensive side of the ball. I would too. Alabama's I would of, probably even give their offensive line a nod over Alabama's. Yeah, uh, but to a you don't need to have but a I don't legitimately th- special offensive. No, line. but they just, they just to, need push, to
1: hold up. Yeah, just to push back on you a little bit. I don't think he's 100% healthy. High ankle sprains. We see that with Saquon now. He's playing well, but he's not 100%.
0: That's a good point, but the, but the running back position is different than the quarterback. I still think he's going to be mobile enough and, and be able to make the throws that he makes better than anybody else in college. Or football. for a lot of wide
1: receiver screens. A lot of short passes, especially early. crossing routes, slants. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about this Alabama defense? Because they got some studs on the team, but they're really young. Yeah, they're freshmen
1: mostly, and um, they've had a lot of injuries. Uh, Moses being out for the year that hurt. You know, he got hurt back in the summertime, and he was really the captain of that defense. He is. He he might still be a first round pick purely based off of potential, but um, that was a guy a lot of people were looking at as you know, a top 10 pick. So with him out, their defense has struggled. Um, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for Burrow and this LSU offense to take control. They can run some RPOs. They can run some quarterback power sweeps, um, capitalize on the, on the side of the, of the line that's dominating the most at the time. LSU has got a really strong right side of their line. Um, I think that this game's going to be close. I think both teams will score. I'm thinking something around the 35-31, 35-32
0: mark. All right, since you said that, who has 35 and who has 31?
1: I'm going to pick Bama to win because they're at home. Okay, Um, I'm I'm
0: in agreement with you. But it's
1: it's not going to be easy.
0: If this was in Death Valley, give me Ohio State, but I think Bama wins at home. What? Death Valley, where Ohio State plays. LSU plays. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Ohio State Dude, plays at the Horseshoe. I, I was know, so confused. I, I, I was like, what? No, I, I'm saying Death Valley where LSU plays. If it was there, I think that I think that uh, that LSU wins. Ohio State. You've got Ohio
1: State in your mind. Um, Jeez. Yeah, and they're not even fun. I mean, um, I
0: used to be a big, um, what was the head coach with the sweater? I used to be really into him. Oh,
1: they're uh, Trestle. Jim Trestle. Jim Trestle. Yeah.
0: Huge Trestle guy. Big
1: Trestle fan. Yeah. Um, He's
0: a cheater too. Love it. Oh, yeah. Go cheaters. Tom's a big fan big of Cheers. Um, Do whatever it
1: takes, baby. Go, Bruce Pearl. <laughs> Go Auburn. <laughs> Go fuck Auburn. Um, but yeah, it's uh, this is going to be a real good game. This is uh, I think this will live up to the uh, to the
0: uh, to the hype. I can't see a world in which either team blows out the other, runs one. away with it. No, 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 no chance. That'll be a lot of fun. What time is that on Saturday? It's a 3:30 game.
1: I was kind of surprised that they didn't make it the eight o'clock game. Yeah, but,
0: but you know, uh, listen, on a Saturday, everybody's going to be watching it regardless. Oh, for sure. That's that, a lot of no, fun. No, this What's is the eight TV. What's up? What's the eight o'clock game this week?
1: Um, well, CBS had done two SEC games when Bama and LSU tr- usually play, so they had done the three thirty game, and then they put them at eight. Um, I don't know what ESPN has for their eight o'clock game this uh, this week, but it's you know the slate is kind of intentionally down. Um, I know there's a good noon game. Um, it's Penn State Michigan uh, Minnesota, and this is a game where. You know, Minnesota is ranked, I believe, 13th. It's a frisky team. It is, and it's in Minnesota, and, and they could pick off uh, Penn State. So a really good start to the college football Saturday, which uh, at this time of year, you know, is to be expected. Absolutely. All right, so listen, the NBA season's still young. We don't have too much to come One from thing it. I did want to touch on real fast in college football, um, Willie Taggart got fired from Florida State. Uh, they fell on really hard times. and They are terrible. They're gonna have to they pay him a Miami. shit ton of money to bet to buy him out. So, my question to you is: What's a more appealing head coaching spot for for a guy like a maybe a Bob Stoops or a Lane Kiffin who's been crushing it at Florida Atlantic, USC out in the Pac twelve, the very struggling Pac twelve, or Florida State, a storied program. Not that far removed from being real good, but you play in not only the same conference, but division as Clemson.
0: That's tough, man. That's tough. Honestly, I'm going to go with USC because you can bring the West Coast I back. I think they have a little bit more money to pay the players because we all know they're fucking getting paid. Um, and And you don't have Clemson looming in the shadow because... The only place that I think Dabo would go aside from Clemson is Alabama and it doesn't look like Saban's going anywhere anytime soon so No. Yeah, and Dabo they just run an absolute machine down there and I think Clemson's going to be a real good team for a long time. And the Pac-12 is absolutely wide open. I mean, you got Chip Kelly over there at UCLA and he might get fired. I don't know what yeah, their record rough. is this year, but He he does not have the same magic that he had back at Oregon. And you have some floundering teams. I mean, you have um, what's-his-face-up at Washington State. They're always going to have a good offense, but they're never going to be a powerhouse. Washington, they could fall out at any time. And then Oregon's just, they're hanging around. But, I mean, you could turn, Lane Kiffin could turn around and turn USC into a top 10, top 5 program again.
1: I think this is the time for him to go back there. You know, it's been such a long time since he was there and how about now where you they're gonna be craving you. They're gonna be desperate for you. Um will refresh also- my memory. He was
0: he a head coach there? Yeah. I didn't even remember. I know he coached at Tennessee before he the Raiders, was an absolute and shit then he show. went to Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, it was a shit show uh, from the get go with him. He was just too young. He wasn't ready. He was an asshole. Let's just yeah. Face and facts. I think he still kind of is. But remember, he went to Alabama as the um, OC, as the OC. Well, actually, he was. He was one of. He worked in the uh, he was an film intern, right? room. Paperboy. He, yeah, he was basically the. Uh, he was the bitch. Uh, <laughs> he was. He was running scout team and all the. Uh, and he was like the uh, what do they call that the the coordinator the film coordinator and then he moved up to OC and I'll take that job there you go I think that would that that's would a really help I'll your resume take. that's, that's the anti Mets um, yes so I think Kiffin is poised to take a big job I agree with you that USC is the job because the Pac twelve is open man you're 100 percent right I, I would give I would give Washington and Oregon and Utah a little bit more credit because and even Herm, Herm Edwards now. Uh, at Arizona State, mm-hmm. he has that team pretty good. You know, no, no, not... those,
0: none, But listen, the thing is, none of those teams are even, even in the same stratosphere as Clemson. No, no, absolutely not. And, and, and that was my point, is right. that USC has the resources, the cachet, and all the other adjectives that you want to use to get back to where they could be competing with all the SEC schools and Clemson.
1: I think that a lot of these schools and the trends of conferences is cyclical, you know, there were times where the SEC was down and the Big Ten was the power. There were times where the Big 12, well, the old Southwest Conference was, you know, undeniably great with three three teams in the top five and and the Pac-12 or the Pac-10 at the time was really good. I think that if you're looking to solidify a dynasty in the next reign of a top school, Florida State's just kind of down now. USC, yeah. it's, USC, it's time for USC to be good again.
0: And the other thing we haven't mentioned is that, like, all those recruits down, down by Florida and all that stuff in Florida State—they're getting scooped up by Alabama. They're getting scooped up by Georgia. They're getting scooped up by Clemson. There's so honestly, even though they've had they've had some down years. LSU. Still, there's LSU, of course, too. There's a bunch of schools down there that are, that are going to steal them right from right from under your nose down in uh, down in Florida State. I mean, USC still gets five stars like every year. They they're not a good they're not a good program right now, but they still have a lot of talent, especially like the skill positions. Yeah, they don't have an identity.
1: That's kind of yeah, their problem. Exactly. Like even Oregon, like you know, Oregon's gonna you know Oregon's gonna be high paced and and they're gonna put up points and they're gonna have a great offensive line. You know that Washington is gonna be defensively sound and they're gonna kind of beat you. You know, in those in the in the twenties, it's you just know, death
0: by a thousand paper cuts yeah. when you watch Washington.
1: Stanford yeah. is run it down your throat a big 10 team in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. and other than that you've got your air raid offense that Mike Leach has as you said at Washington State you have a, ki- a lot of different kind of identities I mean Utah is just they're not smash but they identify themselves over the defensive and offensive lines
0: but the thing with Utah is uh, they're never going to be up there because they have a great quarterback this year but after this year when he goes into the draft yeah they're not getting the top guys no not at all unless they transfer Right. Somebody from Alabama just transferred to Colorado. Yeah. And so, and now I think that's this, the only way you're gonna get them.
1: I think this transfer portal is a good thing. But yeah, I mean I I'm in agreement with you, man. USC is is the it's the time for them to be good again. And you know, they, they will pour the resources into it. Florida State would too. It's just you're competing
0: with an empire right now. Absolutely, man. All right. So talked about everything for our Monday rundown, NBA. The sky is falling with this Kyrie Irving thing but we will talk about that another day there's really not much going on except for Pascal who's a local kid from around here second round pick out of Villanova started at Fordham going off Um, he had 30 on his birthday that kid is bouncy he can shoot it Um, little loose with the handles I'd like to see him clean that up but he's a lot of fun to watch on this Warriors team that is really really bad
1: they need to flex all these national TV games that the Pelicans and Warriors have. Oh, man, I was wrong
0: on the Pelicans. Now listen, Brandon Ingram is an absolute stud and Did he's you everything see that, that we thought Pelicans he'd be? nets game the other night. I saw a little bit of it. Ingram matched Kyrie shot yeah, no. for shot. Listen, I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe the Lakers can only coach up veterans. Maybe they need to just be the free agent destination, the Yankees of the early 2000s if you will. Because they could not develop young talent if their life depended on it. I just think that that culture and atmosphere is not
1: conducive for young players to be their best. Whether it was shipping D'Angelo to Brooklyn or shipping Ingram and Ball now to New Orleans, uh, I think these guys just play so
0: much lighter, and they're gonna they're with a team that finally wants them. Another thing that we'll mention, and and of course, you know, I'm an NBA guy. We get into it and we're talking. The Phoenix Suns are five and two right now. They're looking really good as well. Devin Booker's starting to look like a guy who's not just going to put up stats, but he might actually win you games. That's a lot of fun. But why don't we move that on? And suspension's no good though. No, that in suspension is no good and somebody else just got suspended as well. I can't remember. Oh, who John it was. Collins from uh Yeah, from another Atlanta. guy and Trey Young is really really playing well. Not as well as Luka, but he is playing well. On top of that, and John Collins is a tough player to lose. He's gonna appeal it. I don't think the I, I don't ever remember an NBA player winning. He's an not appeal. winning shit. No, and he didn't know he took it. Yeah, I didn't know I took that um, cigarette a couple nights ago. That fifth cigarette I had, <laughs> I, I didn't know it. It was just in my mouth and I was smoking it. Yeah. Um, fucker right. came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. No, you never know. Um, all right. So let's move on to the NFL, my friend. Um, all right. Why don't we get these two locals out of the way? I want to be quick on them today because. All right. Fine. It's there's it's so only much to Wednesday, say, but all right, and, and it's been a long week, and I'm just depressed, man. I, the Jets lose to the defeated Miami Dolphins. They give them, they hand them their first win of the year. Um, fire Adam Gase. That's all I have to say. And now we talked about Darnold last week. I'm in agreement with you on a few points. I think the guy's got a lot of talent. Trent Dilfer still liking him is enough for me, but. This entire Jets organization is a fucking joke. Just thank God for the Browns again, because it's kind of covering up how terrible the Jets are, especially with that certain Browns player literally... Well, he's not in the Browns anymore, but threatening... Uh, Oh, Whitehead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what to say. You go out and you get Le'Veon Bell, but... You don't do anything about your offensive line, which is which is the worst offensive line I've ever seen. You're going to say the 2017 Giants. I think if these two teams went up each other, you'd have to have, just have body bash. Shit, man, field. you make the 2019 Giants
1: offensive line look good.
0: Exactly, and, they suck. and and when you go out and get a player like Le'Veon Bell, what the fuck is he going to be able to do when nobody can even block for him? Now he's I know he's a great elusive back, but even he can't. Run with that shit, and, and Sam Darnold has no time to throw the ball. I am tired. I'm sick and tired of the seeing ghosts thing because that audio should have never been released. And every and sent quarterback out there. says that. Of course, absolutely, every quarterback says that. And, and I just think right now he's in a rut, and it's really affecting him because he doesn't know which way and when he's going to get hit. And Listen, the, the the throw into quadruple, duple, fucking every man on the field. I think they even brought a fan in to play defense as well. That interception, that was rough. That that was fucking terrible, and it was a bad decision. And I'll tell you what, as a what is it, a second-year quarterback, he, these decisions, you got to throw that ball away. If you can't find another target where somebody must have been open... Especially because cause
1: you were at, like, your own eight-yard line. Right? Yeah, just toss out the away. not yours, the, uh, the Dolphins' eight-yard line. And
0: listen, he's got all the physical skills. You can't deny that. But the decision-making is what really makes me nervous. And, and he, I, I just think that a young quarterback like this, you need to be in basically a perfect situation. But, again, these young quarterbacks, they're not going to be because they got drafted high and it's just tough to say because his decision making is terrible right now and he's not getting any support he's really honestly i would say he's getting hung out to dry
1: i would agree with you um obviously i said my piece on darnold last week and i and i i truly did mean it and peeling back the layers i'm gonna just tell you right now it doesn't even matter what he does the rest of the year i do think he's he's bordering on if not at that level of damaged goods and it's not his fault so when I say damaged goods I don't mean that as a guy who doesn't belong in the league that's not true but there is no perfect situation like you said however the most perfect or the best I'll say situation is when you have an owner GM and head coach all in your corner when you're a young quarterback on a bad team and he has none he has none of those things and that's why when I say damaged goods is okay so you fire Adam Gase fair i think losing to the dolphins whose entire mission statement is to lose every game they play now obviously the players on the field are trying but the organization has done everything that they can to put the worst players on the field eliminating the chance for them to win the game um i mean you saw them give that game to the redskins with that terrible two point conversion they blitzed on third and 22 last monday night all up and down the line but you can fire him, but now you're telling Sam Darnold to have his third head coach in three years.
0: Most likely his third offensive coordinator as you're well. S-
1: exactly. You're, now you have your second GM, a guy that has absolutely no allegiance to you whatsoever, and and an owner that... I mean, let's be honest. Chris Johnson is making Jets fans desire... Woody Johnson.
0: Bring him back. Bring the <laughs> ambassador back. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, that's that's crazy. And well, you know what they say: the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So no, and and but he somehow is. He's a he's a crab apple. He's worse. He's <laughs> fucking terrible. Yeah, dude. Um,
1: and there's nothing good to say here. Every situation they, everything they do is wrong. So I think that it's in the best interest for the New York Jets to look at the totality of the situation going forward. There's a. We'll talk about it deeper at another time because you said you wanted to make it quick. But there's a name that I think would make that is a tra- that. traditional Jets move to make. It is a traditional Jets. And um, and also you're looking at possibly drafting the next quarterback if they find themselves drafting first or second. Other than that, there's really no much more else to say. They're going to get a chance to play the Giants. I think if you lose to the Giants, even if it's in, because we did lose the other day by nine to the Dolphins. I think it was something like that. If you lose by seven points or more to the New York Giants, who are just abysmal, I think that in successive weeks of losing to a division rival whose entire goal is to lose every game they play, and then a crosstown rival, cross the stadium rival that has two lo- two wins and are dealing with their own shit, I mean, I how, how can you have any two more, more embarrassing moments than that in successive weeks? So... I don't know. I, I think that. I mean, what do you really want to see? Like, do you even know what you want to see? I think that's the hardest part. Looking at the Jets is. I don't want
0: to see anything. I don't even yeah. know if I'm gonna watch this game. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, man, alls I want to see, and I sound like a broken record, is just competence from Sam Darnold. And I, I haven't seen that since the Dallas Cowboys game. You got to give, obviously, because he's the one out there throwing the ball around. You got to and calling the plays and all that other shit. You got to give him a little bit of the discredit at this point, but I give a lot more to the coaching staff. Oh,
1: yeah, because the worst part about it is is that Gase was brought in to make him better, and you can make a very strong point that he's made him worse. He's No, it's not even a point. It's a fact. Well, I would say he's made him worse, but it's a product of the team that's around him, too. I mean, it's— How much, he he better, was, like,
0: how much better was this team last year, though?
1: But that's the thing. He played well in the last month. Exactly. I think the mono thing just fucked him up, and even though they beat Dallas— that was a game where a team that's not good played almost a perfect game.
0: Absolutely. And honestly, I wouldn't have even been mad if they just kept him out for another month at this point. I mean, in hindsight, it's always 2020. 20, I of just course. like, you've got you s- to see the guy play. You I have understand to. that. But, I mean, it's just the plays being called are terrible, and, and nobody seems to know what the fuck's going on. It's, it's an absolute laughing stock. Again, all I really have to say is thank God for the Browns.
1: Yeah, because at least they were expected to be good, and 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 you know you. Well, all... and they're
0: they're just a vocal shit show. At least the Jets are doing a decent job, aside from the whole Jamal Adams debacle of keeping it in house thus far.
1: Yeah, well, now you you can also add the New York Giants to that. Thank God for them, because last week I said I'd, ra- I'd I felt much better about the Giants situation, and the only reason I still feel that way is because.
0: Because from the top down, they're all in agreement. They're That's all in agreement the on the quarterback.
1: One. And I don't think Shermer's going anywhere. I really have my doubts about him. He's a lot like Gase. I mean, the first couple, the first drive or two is scripted, and they look good.
0: After that— And the thing that pisses me off about both these guys— yeah. I'm not going on a rant here. Maybe no, I will it. or whatever— is that, you know, when, when the media asks you questions and the Giants have two wins and the Jets have one— it, and you want to do the whole Bel- Bill Belichick thing uh, of being a complete asshole to the media, it's like, guess the, guess what the fucking difference between you and Bill Belichick is? That Bill Belichick can be a complete asshole to the media and get away with it, and everybody says, oh, ha-ha, same thing with Greg Popovich in the NBA, and you guys just look like you're wearing fucking clown shoes and a red nose, and you look like a complete idiot. The only difference between you two is the fact that Bill Belichick wins fucking games and he wins Super Bowls. And you guys, I I, honestly, I don't even think, I don't even know if they could fucking, who would win in a race between the two of them? Fucking losers. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking pathetic losers. Us, Us, (laughs) yes, me. (laughs) Me, fucking smoking a pack of cigarettes every weekend. I'd still beat their ass in a race. And I'd beat their ass in a fight. You guys are cowards. You're a bunch of pussies. They're bad, and and I felt that way. I just, I'm so tired of it, man. Yeah, I I felt I felt really
1: bad about it when when Shermer was you know saying the praises of of Jones in the preseason as if they just picked the next Johnny Unitas, and it's like, all right, let's calm down, you know. He's very arrogant, he's very pompous, just like Gase is. It's a it's it's not a good situation because they haven't accomplished anything and you don't have the right to be, you know, that way with the media. You just don't. But you know, what I was gonna say about the Giants is yes, you have all three members the most important parts of the organization are all in agreement on Jones and the quarterback is what matters the most. You'll figure the rest out if he can play or not, you know. At least he'll be given the chance, and he knows that he everyone's in his corner. Even though I really question Shermer, I do think the plays are scripted. Same with Gase, and then after that, they look clueless because there's a clear drop-off from execution and synergy from the line to the you know skill position. I'm seeing them run jet sweeps between Barkley and Slayton, picking up 25 yards. You know they're moving the ball down Dallas's throat, and then they just stop. And I, some you of have a is, whole
0: fucking week to prepare for this shit, and all you can do is come up with, what, eight plays? Yeah, and some of it is drop passes. They're playing guessing games out here. Yeah, uh, regardless of the drop passes, because, I mean, there's there, there's a difference between a drop pass on a beautiful play and just a shit show. And, and I don't care if the player drops the ball in the end zone or if he fumbles or whatever. The play before the actual play happens when you're watching that. It's a fucking joke. Well, let's
1: take the other night for example against Dallas, right? And and the last six Giants games have really been the exact same. I feel like I'm just watching them on repeat. They've had a chance to win literally every single one of the last six games. I'm not gonna say that they should have won because that would be ignorant, but they could have won if they broke if certain things broke their way, and you know, it. it Bad teams don't have things break their way because they don't do things to allow the good fortune to come to them. And a perfect case in point was they have they have a I believe it was a twelve it was an it was an eleven to nine lead. They have an eleven to nine lead, and they have the ball back with like fifty two seconds left in the first half. Jones throws a perfect pass to Slayton on the sideline that would have set up a first and ten. Drops the ball. Second down. H- holding. Or false start. Called back. Now it's second and 15. All right. Cowboys defense pins their ears back. Jones throws an interception. Dallas comes back, kicks a field goal, has a one point lead at the half. That was, of course, after Rosas mixed, missed an extra point earlier on. So you're already playing from behind there. There was another stretch where they had a great defensive play. It's now third and seven for the Cowboys, deep in their own territory. Marcus Golden jumps early, now sets up a third and two, a much more manageable conversion for Dallas. They, of course, hit it with no problem. They march on down the field and kick a field goal. It's those kind of things that has been a recurring pattern in every single Giants game over the last six weeks. And those are things that that's all coaching. I mean, we see the Jets. They lead the world in penalties every good thing they do you know it's coming back like when I watch a giant or jet game I'm like I'm just waiting for the whatever few good things happen to be called back because I think it's too good to be
0: true I'm sure you feel the same way right absolutely every time something coaching. happens I'm just looking for the flag on the field or to show up on the screen yeah And and yeah, you're right, and you could call it undisciplined players, but who could, I mean, who disciplines the players? Right, no, that's 100% it, and you can't,
1: you cannot make those kinds of mistakes and expect to win football games. And I know, you know, that pass interference that wasn't called on, uh, against Ingram, that, You know, the Giants should have gotten an easy first down out of that. I mean, I think it was Byron Jones that was just hugging him. And then that egregious pass interference call on Baker down the sideline to Cooper. I mean, that was not a catchable ball by any stretch. But again, you put refs in the position to make certain calls, they're going to fuck it up. They were a reason the Giants lost that night or the other night, but they weren't the reason. The Giants are their own worst enemy. And when I look at Jones, I see a lot of the things. You know, that fumble when he coughed it up diving for the first, down, he's trying to make something happen because can't he, be ha- mad about he has to do... I mean, it kills you in the moment because you're driving and, and you know you just can't do that. You're throwing the ball up for grabs in the second half. But again, after his wide receiver drops a pass and then his offensive lineman fall starts, you know... He, he's in control of that offense if those two things don't happen. Now he's just trying to chuck something up, get them in a field goal range, and he throws a pick. Darnold, I see a lot of that too. It's, you know, my wide receiver pulled out of a route, my offensive lineman held, so now it's second and 20. I don't like the excuse because I think it's so easy to talk about young quarterbacks and say... Just oh, they should just throw happen. the ball away. They need to learn. Well, when you're a young quarterback on a team that is not doing you any favors and you're down 20 points every time, you can't throw the ball away. you got to try to make something happen. And even, you know, that final fumble that Jones had to seal the game that got picked up for, uh, for a fumble and uh, and six points, you know, he's holding the ball forever so somebody can get open because it's third and 26 or whatever the fuck it was.
0: Yeah, you're right. And, and on both sides, it's, it's really... The, the least amount of fault you can give the most important position in football you have to give to both of these quarterbacks that's just the way i have to Wait. say it and again my whole thing on on
1: darnold was he's not making the throws i feel like he should make and he seems like he just he works he does look kind of temp, like very very timid out there with jones i don't see that i just see a guy that's like well fuck i got to do whatever i can to win this goddamn game and that's manifesting in mistakes. Either way, I could be reading it wrong. I think they both have talent and can do well. We'll see what the future holds with Darnold, but first things first, these two play, These two guys are playing on Sunday. They're going to be the storylines, but they're far from who's going to dictate this game, I think.
0: Absolutely. I think the Saturday game that we're both looking forward to watching is going to be a lot more enjoyable than this one. So much better. All right, let's talk about the
1: rest of the week. Tom, let's, lead us off.
0: Let's run it down. All right, the San Francisco... Card- uh, 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 uh just kidding, the San Francisco 49ers, I picked this game, I looked pretty dumb on this one, I believe it was the sperm bank pick of the week, um, Oh, it I was. because you eked. said San Francisco Giants in deep suspense. Mm-hmm. Yes, they eked by the Arizona Cardinals, 28-23, I believe the spread was 10 points, so I was wrong on that one. I mean, I liked how the Cardinals looked. They had a good offensive flow, and you know what? This defense is probably the best in the league right up there with the Patriots talking about the 49ers, and Kyler made some plays. He made some plays.
1: He's capable of making plays. He's been making more
0: plays over the
1: last five, six weeks. Kingsbury's offense is so fucking fun to watch, and the last mention I'll make about our horrible teams before we make our picks is, you know, I'm watching the Arizona Cardinals. And I know Kyler was the number one pick, but he's so tiny, and he has
0: so many reasons where he could just look lost. And not to mention that it's not like this team and oh, they had terrible. the first overall pick. It's not like this team has a thousand times more talent than these other than our other two teams. You put the running backs up there. I mean, David Johnson didn't even play. And the and he, line sucks. Edmunds. Kyler yeah, runs for his life all the time. Absolutely. I mean, you got Kenyon Drake, who you just got from the... Dolphins. from the Dolphins running all over everybody. I'll take Le'Veon Bell and Saquon over both of them, of course. Yeah, and their and their defense isn't very good, but you know what the defense they, is worse than the Jets and the Giants. They have
1: three wins and they just hung with an undefeated team, arguably the best team in the league. That's now. called
0: decent coaching.
1: That's called good coaching, and that's called you know players that are playing hard. So you know that's the last mention I'll say. But again, no excuse for our teams. I give the Cardinals a lot of credit. They hungers
0: win undefeated. Yeah, they ate no. Uh, nine, no, they had eight, a, no, yeah, because they, they had a bye, yep. Yep, 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 all right. So, so, where are we real fast? I know we keep pushing them under the rug a little bit. Is this team really for real? I think this defense is for real, and their running game is definitely for real. If Jimmy Garoppolo can do just enough, we might see him in the Super Bowl. He was working his game with Aaron Andrews on the sideline. too. <sighs> that guy could have anything. You shot. could have me. Well, Aaron Andrews is married, right? Yeah, you're not oh that's fucked but um <laughs> <laughs> that's true that is true um listen you already have a baby boy in Darnold maybe maybe uh, Garoppolo true. can take care of him uh-huh. this is all coming together this uh, is what you get for all the Frenchy mentions you sack of shit well that's your boy I mean uh, I'm, I'm sorry you gotta have his back I no. know it's a soft spot okay. that's cute it is really it's really cute it's it's don't ever game. don't ever try and talk shit I'm that's gonna okay. turn it right back uh, on I'm fine you. I I'm spit fine. fire especially um, when you were saying that's <laughs> fucked <laughs> um with that being said, I Jimmy G just, he doesn't have to do too much. And I think he's capable of, of being a glorified game manager. Yeah, I think so team. too. And again, they only beat the Cardinals by three points. That was an inspired team that they were playing. But uh, nonetheless, they got the win. And I think that Kyle Shanahan's an incredible coach for him. To go from the greatest coach of all time, possibly in American sports history, but definitely in football history, to Kyle Shanahan, this guy's got, he's had it all made for him.
1: Has it all made for him. George Kittle's a fucking
0: stud. Absolutely. Uh, Getting Sanders, Manuel Sanders in a trade. He's got a couple burners on the outside. Yeah, absolutely. He's good. And then having probably two of the fastest and the best running back tandem right now between Breida and Coleman in the NFL. And having that defense playing playing behind you. I mean, this team, I think they're probably... They're contenders. I, I, I'm I not ready to say Super Bowl bound yet, but they are definitely contenders.
1: I think that every week I mean, they impress me more. haven't
0: lost a game, but... No, yeah, I agree with
1: you. Yeah, okay. So, second game here. Well, Minshew Mania is over. We're going to have to put that mustache away. They did say Foles is going to start. Yeah, we're going to have to put it down for a little bit. Put it on the shelf. You know, he might be back. You never know. Foles is made of glass, but... God, over in London... The Houston Texans just wrecked. Basically, the home team over I was there, say Jacksonville the home Jaguars, team. the 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 Wembley Jaguars, yep, um, twenty six to three. Watson had another great game. The defense showed up without Watt, and they the Jaguars just could not do anything on offense the entire game.
0: This Texans team's good, man. They're really good, and the uh, Sean Watson with Mahomes being out. I think he is in the front seat for that MVP. If he continues
1: to play like this, he has to win, right? Like, I don't think that you can take any. You, you were either.
0: one year early, my friend. You were I one was one year early. I <laughs> was, and don't worry, his his stock is
1: his stock has climbed from like where I had him at maybe at eh, twenty bucks a share to now
0: he's he's Apple stock now.
1: Wow, Sean
0: it, admitting he was wrong twice in one. Pod. Yeah, well, Look listen. At that.
1: Uh, he's been healthy and he's been playing great, and you know, you you can't.
0: You can't possibly question. Soto that. is better than Harper, and this, my God, Sean, come to Jesus. No, our
1: argument was more so was the Nationals were the Nationals better without Harper? Right now, Soto's a better player. He just won a he just won the World Series. Of course, you got to give it to him.
0: All right, so the Eagles beat Mitchell Trubisky, a sad, sad Mitchell Trubisky, who the Bears could have had Watson, by the way, and Mahomes, and Mahomes, and I don't even know if they would have had to have traded up. No, they no. wouldn't have because they had. They traded up one spot, right? Yeah, yeah, no. They had the third pick, and they traded up to two, right? Mm-hmm. That that must hurt. That sucks for it the Bears. It can't feel fans. good. Well, nonetheless, in this game, they lost to the Eagles, twenty-two to fourteen. Carson Wentz stepped up, had a halfway decent game, and that defense stepped up. Did the, Well, did the defense step up, or did the Bears off? Does the Bears offense just suck? It's both, but
1: uh, the Bears offense really sucks. And and you know, a lot of people are crushing Nagy. And I'm sure Bears fans feel the same way we do about our our quarterbacks and coaches not putting our quarterbacks I, in positions to do I will tell you this. Well, I will but. take
0: Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold over – trubisky
1: i would too and, and i've i've never liked trubisky and even last year i said all you have they he looks good because they put him in a situation where he can do well and well they, start putting him in those situations i, I don't again. understand why they're trying to and they're and the browns when we talk about
0: them they're trying to do the same with baker stop trying, trying to make him a, a, an aaron Rodgers. he's not yeah no and stop like these two players and you mentioned baker and i've said this before when the game's moving fast and they could just be athletes out there and make the quick three step drop throws on a dime, they're plus quarterbacks. But when you make them drop back and become pocket passers and have to read the field and go to second, third, fourth, sometimes millionth reads, they're not Aaron Rodgers. They're not good. They're they're less than mediocre quarterbacks, period. And, yeah. And why I think there's more hope for Baker. I think he has more skill. I think he's a better thrower of the football than Mitchell Trubisky. But again, both of them are kind of cut from the same cloth there's a lot of quarterbacks that are really good athletes there's not a lot of athletes that are really
1: good quarterbacks like even lamar like he's a quarterback and a damn good one trubisky just an athlete you would pick him in any schoolyard because you would see him throw the ball 70 yards you he, you know he's breaking tackles he's fast he's 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 mobile and he's just he's a prototype you know like he, he's tall and he's big but you're Is he just, cute what do you think I don't think so. No. That doesn't okay. do it for me. Okay. But um, I just, you know, he's everything you would want in a in a prototypical quarterback, aside from the fact that he can't play the position, which unfortunately <laughs> is a very important, especially part. especially in the NFL. So you know, I, I I really don't understand. You know, I think Nagy's even at a loss because he's like, I don't know what I can do with this guy, and, and he does. Look, you want to tell that looking lost on the field and his teammates? It looks he looks like Bortles. He's had the regression that Bortles had. these
0: teams remind me a lot of each other. Great defenses that eventually just get pissed off because their quarterbacks... Can't push the ball down the field, and they can't score any points. And the players on
1: offense, you know, you, you just know it's going to come up empty a lot, and you're not going to be in a position to be your best because the quarterback's not going to put you in that position. It's a shit show in Chicago, and I, I think that they're in the market. Even though that they don't want to do it, you know, you saw Jacksonville move
0: on from, from Bortles real fast. You can't afford to have this guy go out there, honestly. As Bortles was way more drawn out way more. I think he was drafted in like 20. Yeah, but he. what I'm
1: saying, Will, was that they were both coming off playoff years.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, I mean, Bortles, Listen, If uh, I mean, they may, be, they may be in the Teddy Bridgewater sweepstakes. Cam Newton sweepstakes. Don't I, talk about him. A, a lot.
1: I, I'm going to. <laughs> you, I, you don't want to talk about him with the Jets, and one day we will, but today is not that day. Alright. Um, The Eagles, you know, keep him pacing that at NFC East because they knew Dallas was going to crush the Giants the next night and you know they beat an inferior team at home and that's what they're supposed to do. Very exciting games as the uh, Kansas City Chiefs win on a walk-off field goal by Butker, great name for a kicker. Um kicks it through great the, name? Up, for anybody. Kicks it, <laughs> yeah, it really is. Kicks it through the upright it sounds like a kicker's name. Uh, yeah. kicks it through the uprights to beat the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins who again a big win eludes him. He played okay in this game, but he no, wasn't great. He, he played well. Matt Moore is the star of this game.
0: He's slinging the ball all over the place, and, and he might have earned himself a nice paycheck again. He might have pulled the rug over a few people's eyes next season. These old wily vets like Ryan Fitzpatrick and him and a few others just keep figuring out a way, man. And I, I think Moore's better than Fitzpatrick because he just makes more NFL throws. Fitzpatrick's kind of a schoolyard kind of quarterback, but... Well, I will tell you He went you to this. Harvard, though, in case you didn't
1: know. I didn't. Uh, thanks for that, for the millionth time that I've now heard that. Uh, Chris Hogan played lacrosse. Didn't know if you heard that. Um, he did. And Seattle's the home of the 12th man. Um, there you go. So as far as more, uh no. I don't think he's earning himself any money. I think he's oh. happy. he's happy to play in this position because this is a perfect spot for him because he's a guy who is capable, especially with an offense like this, is more than capable of winning two or three games when the starting quarterback's out. You do not want, and he's maybe even capable of, if God forbid, Mahomes gets hurt in a playoff game, winning coming right game, out yep. there and, and winning the game for you. He's not a guy that you want starting 16 games. Absolutely not. We've seen that too many times before. And the guy's like 38 years old. He's really up there, too. I know Fitzpatrick's old, too, but they're just stylistically very different. But kudos to them. Kudos to Andy Reid. This was a big time game. I know they had that tough loss uh, at home against Green Bay. I'm just they,
0: shocked he managed the clock at the end. You know that's not his thing. It's not
1: his thing. But uh, I think more helped them a lot. And because they that was a much more control. That was an Alex Smith kind of Kansas City game where they were always in control. There was long drives. They were keeping the Vikings off the field. They didn't have that quick strike ability. But you know you felt very safe with Matt Moore quarterback. And uh almost as safe as you do at home with French. Oh, my god. Wow. You Sorry, were safe, bro. That you up the set whole time. me up there. You are no, that such came a off clown. the dome You kid. are such a cl- That was yeah, that was very fast. Thank uh, you. Such a such an ass hat. Um <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that I think that the Chiefs are I definitely think that the Chiefs are a team where you look at and say, okay, we got past it now. Mahomes is coming back. I full believe full
0: practice, full participant in practice. There which, you go. So which usually means he's gonna play. Yeah. So they survive. It's only Wednesday, so yeah. yeah, they 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 weathered the storm. What works. does this mean for the Vikings? Um, I, I don't think the Vikings are gonna make the playoffs. To be honest, uh, maybe they're nine and seven. Yeah, ten, 9 and seven's a nice number, right? Yep. This okay. is a game
1: when you go into the schedule and you say we're not gonna win this game, but when you know Mahomes isn't playing, you change your mind real fast and say we gotta win this game, and and you know. Cousins just again he didn't quite deliver. All right, well another guy that didn't deliver who's used to delivering all the time in the biggest of spots is Adam Vinatieri. He misses tough year a potential game-winning field goal again at Pittsburgh. Jacoby Brissett goes down. Brian Hoyer steps in and plays great. Former former Patriot quarterbacks all over the field. Uh, this Another
0: week. another guy who you alluded to Matt Moore where he can just step right in and win you a few games. He's a fun quarterback. He's one of my favorite backups. Um, But, again, if it came down to Vinatieri and 99.9% of the time you're feeling that, it's probably a W, and it wasn't this time. And, listen, kudos to Mason Rudolph and and the gang down there. Um, They won the game. They won the game, and they—you know—you talk about that lot, that pick that uh that pick that the Steelers traded for Fitzpatrick. They're looking smarter and smarter by the day.
1: Yeah, and Vinatieri really fucked me because the line was one. So if he made that field goal, I would have been I would have been good. They I'm lost sorry, by two. Bro. Yeah, that was that was tough to watch. I'm
0: sorry, but I don't really feel bad because I didn't gamble this week. So, you know, I, I feel your paint every other week, but I'm glad it was just somebody else on the shit stick.
1: Yeah, that was not that wasn't enjoyable for me, but. I give Pittsburgh so much credit because, you know, how many times could you have said, "Ah, this year's done." Remember, they're playing without James Conner too. So, like, you're this is all coaching. Samuel Mike, is one of the best backups. Mike in the Tomlin loop, but not in the last. is such a great coach. I don't understand how anybody could look at him and say, "Remember yeah, last year when we thought he
0: might have gone to the Jets? Yeah, would have been nice.
1: Would have been. Didn't happen. You're fucking
0: Adam GaSe, you look like a goon, bro. Quit. Crazy motherfucking eyes." They don't, they don't hold up when you're losing. I wonder what he looks like clean-shaven. He probably looks even more like a serial killer than I I was just going to
1: say, he looks like a guy that when you look up like crime junkie or like serial killer docs, that's his face. Mhm. Absolutely. Well, he's killed your season, so there you go.
0: Yeah, he's definitely done that in a very, very vindictive way. All right, moving on to the next game, the Panthers beat the Titans. And speaking of Cam Newton, he is on the IR, I believe, for the rest of the year. He's I don't done. think he can come back. I guess that's a boost of confidence to uh, Kyle Allen, and they won another game against Mr. Vanilla, the Tennessee Titans, 30-20. to
1: Yep, and uh, this was the first loss for Tannehill down there. Um, They've been playing pretty well, and these two teams to me are both kind of mirror images of each other with the exception of McCaffrey. The Panthers really aren't a fun team either, but they do have McCaffrey. He's incredible, all over red zone, um, and they won at home. You know, These are two teams that are not going to be playoff teams, but it was an entertaining game. And uh, Carolina just shows you what they can do. But you, you make a good point. I mean, they're going to buy into Kyle Allen now. I mean, I think I, I don't think we're ever seeing, I can say with almost complete certitude, that Cam Newton will not be ever play a game for them again because the, the hit against the cap is too strong. And I think that they feel good about Kyle Allen. I don't think they love him, but I think they feel pretty good about him. And you can't afford to keep a Cam Newton on your roster. Yep, they could win games with Kyle Allen. They absolutely can. So uh, I don't know what the hell the Titans are going to do at quarterback going forward, but I cannot picture a world in which Mariota or Tannehill is the starting quarterback for them on opening day next year.
0: Mariota, no, but Tannehill, possibly, if he keeps playing decent football like he has recently, he could. just I just feel like you've got to know who
1: he is at this point. No, of course, but... Maybe he starts with a young quarterback behind him. Yeah, that's what
0: I'm saying. People will talk themselves into him. Moving on to the next game. Speaking of a playoff team, the Oakland Raiders... They beat the Detroit, the Matty PP-led Detroit Lions 30-24. to 24. Now, I really think that this loss of Freeman, the running back for the Lions, it hurts them a lot because they have zero semblance of a running game at all whatsoever. And, and I think that was a major, major loss for them, and I just think they haven't been the same team since.
1: No, they can't run the ball at all, and and Stafford actually has had a really good year.
0: Extremely good, very efficient. He's been throwing the ball down the field a lot more, but when you don't have that change of pace to be able to stick the ball in some guy's chest and let him run through the tackles, it's going to be a long night for you, especially against these great Oakland Raiders and my guy John Gruden. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Welcome on the pod, buddy He absolutely and is And I'll tell you what, rookie of the year offensively It might be Kyler, but it also might be Josh Jacobs We've Alabama been saying boy. that for a couple weeks he now he He's is so great. good This this team, honestly, and, and we sing their praises And we have a lot this year A lot more than I thought we were going to Ever since the AB drama Once they got rid of him, it's just like all business And everybody laughed at Gruden With his stupid old quotes And they said he was too old for this league He's doing a hell of a job, and he's turning Derek Carr into a serviceable quarterback again. And We've we said, said this last time.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say we we this is a this is a echo from the last time we talked about the Raiders. I mean, these guys fucking play for him, man. Uh, they do, and, and Derek Carr he's had a resurgence out there. Josh Jacobs is a stud. He looks like he w- looked like he was playing on Saturdays last year, and. Uh, you know, this is a team that is very businesslike. As you said, there's no drama. You're not hearing any shit coming out of Raiders camp. You you would totally forget that they were on hard knocks. Maybe Mike Mayock actually is good at identifying talent. And um, you know, they were such a punching bag, and if rightfully so. But now, I mean, you just got to look at them and say they're not great, but they're in the right direction. You're buying Raiders stock. You have to. Oh, I'm all in. Yeah. So so good win out of them. A great game in the four o'clock bracket was the Seahawks against Tampa Bay, and I thought I thought Seattle was going to crush them. I really did. And Tampa, I don't know what it is with them going out to the West Coast, but God damn, they look impressive. And I know the Seahawks defense isn't great, and I know that they can get picked out. You know, they can get picked up a little bit, but I, I don't. I, Jameis again has one of these games that just he tantalizes you because he can he can play so well. But he's not Russell Wilson, really. Nobody is, other than Mahomes and Rodgers. And um, he worked his magic again oh, there in Brady, overtime. Brady. Oh well, I mean, I Brady is what he is. But I mean, Brady, but I think even then, I mean, it's not going to say he's a game manager. He's phenomenal, but there, you know, Wilson. Lightly, Wilson does lately. No,
0: but what I'm saying, Wilson does a lot of things that Brady Wilson can't. Does I know you
1: mean. on the run. And makes plays out of nowhere where you say, and holy listen, shit. Brady's nice... just going to... Brady is surgical. He's just going to... He's a de- You want to talk about death by a thousand cuts?
0: That's Tom Brady. Absolutely. And another thing... No disrespect to the GOAT. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. And I'm a Jets fan, but he's the GOAT. I was just speaking from
1: playmaking ability. No,
0: I, I, I completely agree with you there. And in, in talking about playmaking, they got another playmaker out there, and their wide receivers look pretty good, and they just got a little bit better with Josh Gordon. They did, but... On that game, I mean DK Metcalf. I tell you what, man,
1: I didn't know how good he was going to be, but all of the they are asking him to do what all he did was at Ole Miss. Just go run a run straight a straight line.
0: line and catch the ball, that's and it.
1: and he can do that because he's physical and he can high point and he doesn't have to you know have a complex route tree because that's what Tyler Lockett is for, and Tyler Lockett is a fucking stud. Absolutely, the, the, the chemistry that Wilson and him have together is it's a beautiful thing to watch.
0: Absolutely, man, and uh, the Seahawks are a lot better than we than we thought they were going to be. Yeah, I,
1: I thought after the playoffs last year they were going to be around kind of where they've been. I you know they're around a five hundred team, slightly above a five hundred team, because you have Russell Wilson and and he's going to just win you games on his own. I give Tampa credit, and and now I want to see. What I expect from them is they're gonna go home and they're gonna lay an egg. It's just kinda what they do. They they have one or two games where they just put up points and they look so good and they're so impressive and Jameis plays great. And then they have games where Jameis has his three interceptions and you know, that's they're, exactly they're, they're losing by twenty five points in the first quarter.
0: That's exactly why my the Buccaneers are my version of your Minnesota Vikings and I will not pick a game that they're involved in. No interest, huh? No, it's not that there's no interest. That team's a lot of fun to watch, but either way, they're going to fuck me. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, there's literally and, nothing. And the
0: Vikings are fun yeah, to watch, Yeah, there's literally too. nothing
1: you can do. Like, it's just, you know, you're snake-bitten by those teams. Chargers whoop up on the Packers in the most surprising game, of my opinion, of the week, even more so than the Sunday night game. 26-11. Um, to
0: 11. Fluke game, if you ask me. Uh, that,
1: defense, I mean, that defense was flying out there.
0: No, I'm saying fluke game from the Packers. Okay. I think that offensive yeah. line is better than that. And, I mean, listen, the Chargers, that, that's a good team. They just need to get a little bit healthier. Ingram was back. I know he was a little dinked up at the beginning of the year. Um, and he's one of the best rushers in the league. Bosa ran another great rusher in the league. He ran all over that team, too, just running through blocks, running around blocks. And, listen, Rivers, Rivers actually had a decent game as well. And I know we were saying that he was uh, he was declining very quickly, but... He had a good week this week. He was spreading the ball around nice. Well, he was able to take advantage of a lead early, and he didn't have to
1: take a lot of chances. You know, they were able to really milk clock. Uh, Austin Eckler had a good game. Melvin had a good game. And Melvin had his best game since he's been back. Um, I mean, I think this was a fluke game, but, you know, the Chargers, it was not a game where you looked at the Packers and was like, Oh, you know, they're just giving this game away. The Chargers took that game.
0: No, they won that game, absolutely, but the Packers are better than the Chargers.
1: Totally. Totally agree. Um,
0: this game just made me happy. It always does. Two non-playoff teams. Broncos beat the Browns 24-19. to Let the drama continue. Is that all we really have to say about that? The cleats. Oh, the halftime thing. Yeah, I don't even know what their cleats were. Odell throwing pouts on the sideline, Baker
1: not getting guys open. And this is where I do want to talk about this real fast. The baker Trubisky comp, he's a guy that I don't understand why they're trying to make him a guy who throws the ball 45 times a game and down the field. That is not what he is his best at. He's not. He's a guy that, okay, get the ball out fast. Uh, move around real fast, real fast, quick. Two step drop, three step drop, boom. Get rid of the ball in, in you know two seconds or less. When he's back there and running through his reads, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing.
0: He well, maybe he lost. will someday, but right now, sure as shit, he doesn't.
1: I don't think that's his. I don't think that's his strong point. That's no. not what he even did at Oklahoma. I and, I,
0: and what I don't understand is he. He has the weapons to do that. It does not take Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham long to get open. No. These aren't Randy Moss where he has to burn a guy down the field or Josh Gordon or some of these bigger wide receivers where they're just physically faster. It just takes them a long time to get up to speed. These guys are quick wide receivers, and you can just run slants all over them. Not to mention the fact that he should not be throwing the ball 45 times a game when you have Nick Chubb in the backfield.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, he is asked to do so much more than he's really supposed to do, and that offensive line sucks. I mean, they They are, are... They are so bad, and Freddie Kitchens, like you said before, man. Thank God for the Cleveland Browns. I might he might actually be worse than Gase, just because he actually has expectations, and that team is crashing and burning. I, I Odell's throwing pouts on the sideline, just you know, he just changed jerseys. That's all that he did with that, and I don't blame him because as much shit as I give Odell, and as annoying as Odell is, and it's all the it's the Odell show all the time, and it's look at me, look at me. He has had the corpse of Eli Manning on a terrible, terrible team, and he's had Baker Mayfield on a terrible, terrible team. He's not working with... I would love to see what he could do with a legitimate quarterback. Everybody thought Baker was going to really enhance his game, and that was, you know, going off of a couple of games last year where Baker looked good, and I guess in comparison to Eli, people thought that was a you know, no-brainer, but... He has not made Odell good at all. I mean, did you see that play on the sideline where Odell was wide open and he threw it to Landry? You had like three guys draped all over him.
0: Terrible decision Can't making out of field. Baker. Can't read the field. He's a segments guy. He doesn't read the whole field. But listen, I know you're really enjoying it. Let's hope it continues. There were There's already trade rumors swirling about Odell, and we're about halfway through the season. All right, moving on to the final game, a really fun game. The Ravens beat the Patriots 37-20. That defense beat. has crushed them. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. That defense is starting to round into form. Oh, yeah. Uh, and listen, I, I, th- I was interested to see, because I thought Lamar was going to get just straight-up stopped this week. In my opinion now, you just can't stop him. No. You're going to have to be able to contain them, but you're not going to be able to stop them. Nope.
1: I uh, I thought this game was going to be very close. I thought that the Ravens did have a, le- a legitimate chance to win this football game because the Patriots hadn't played anybody. Not to take anything away from the Patriots. They're a great team. They're the New England Patriots. But I just thought being at home on Sunday night with you know with Lamar, this is a team that was poised to win this football game. All the positive momentum was going towards the Ravens. And he, they, he came out, you know, shot out of a cannon. I mean, just touchdowns, you know, completely confusing. A Bill Belichick defense that had just been locked down all year, whether he was running the ball, whether it was Ingram running the ball, whether it was Lamar passing to Hollywood Brown and Boykin and working the tight ends with Andrews and Hurst. I mean, my God. This team is so good offensively, and the line was protecting them. I'll tell you one line that's not very good, and this is the first time they really got tested. That New England Patriot left side of that line, it sucks. Marshall Newhouse is just a turnstile.
0: Yeah, they do not look good. And, listen, Brady's really good at being mobile within the pocket, but he is not a mobile quarterback. It's going to be really tough to see, but, again, they have probably the best offensive line coach in the league and they have the greatest football coach of all time, I think they're going to be able to figure it out. Is this a possible championship game preview? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: I I mean, I think that there's really only three teams in the AFC, and I know Houston has, if Watson goes on a magic carpet ride, you know, they're scary because he can get hot. Uh, Indianapolis is scary as long as Brissett's healthy, but I still think it's only a three-team race. You've got, you know, Kansas City, Baltimore, and New England. And I think wherever that game is going to be is going to tell a lot. I'll say this, there's not many teams that have the Patriots number. Obviously, the Giants do. The, the one team that does and matters more is the Baltimore Ravens. They've beaten them in Foxborough in the playoffs twice. Harbaugh is not afraid of of Brady or Belichick, regardless of where they play. Lamar is fearless. I think he got his really bad playoff game out of the way early, and I think it was very important that he finished that game last year against the Chargers. Remember, in the fourth quarter, he actually played pretty well. You could say it was because the Chargers called off the dogs, but either way, he he had some positive momentum heading into the offseason, and um, I think this team is poised because their defense is strong, their running game's great. He does things on the field that no other quarterback
0: does, including um, Mahomes. Or Watson, I completely agree with you. All right, let's jump in. That's that wraps up the week. Let's jump into our picks from last week. I do not have them in front of me, but I do know our records. You went one and three with a push in there. We both got the Giants Cowboys game right, and I went one and four. So not a good week You've for you. You mean talk one
1: and th- one and two and one and three.
0: Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. you're right.
1: One and two with a push, one and three for you. Yep. Thank
0: you for correcting that. You are absolutely right. So we both got one win. That's not good stuff. No. Especially when my sperm bank doesn't. And hurt. I'm not enjoying this because I'm not picking up ground on you. No. Um, my secretary, the phone's you're ringing just off the treading, hook. You're just treading water. Phone's ringing off the hook, bro. We might move it. We might move it over to Taco Bell. What do you think? Oh
1: no 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 no. no.
0: <laughs> uh, did you hear that? Um, that there
1: was like shards of glass found in like a couple of Taco Bell meat, like in like the area that we live around.
0: Really? Yeah. I, I told them to hold off on that until the end. <laughs> Such
1: a fun. So, uh, so the day I told <laughs> them, because the weather is getting colder, we're about to pick out the body of water for you to jump into with the UI jersey.
0: Can't wait. We'll be donating some cash to, yeah. I don't know, we'll figure out a charity. It's going to be great. Yeah, listen, I, I don't give a shit. As long as, I, as long as I win this year, I lost last year. I'm a man of my word. Yep. All right, let's jump into this week's pick. picks. Um, all right, so. The Jets and the Giants play each other. Mm-hmm. So we're going to pick another game. All right, Sean. The New York Giants will do the locals first, are a two-point favorite against the New York Jets, and the Giants, I guess, are considered the away team. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that matters. They probably still get to go in the same locker room. I think and there's going to be more Giant fans there. but Yeah, no. Yeah. Maybe 50-50. I w- we'll have to see. All right, so what, what are you picking this game at? Oh, my God. If I don't
1: pick the Giants, that means that I, I don't know what to believe in. And all I'm going to do with this pick... And it has, I'm going to tell you and I'm going to tell everybody listening. It has nothing to do with these two teams. These two teams stink. They are so bad. And either one of them could beat the other one. Because I am not looking at the Giants and saying, oh, yeah, that's a team that should beat the Jets. No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't beat anybody. They suck. But as a Giants fan, I know the last few years have really gone down the shitter. Uh and taking away all the good vibes from what this organization usually stands for. But this organization has traditionally had class. This organization has traditionally had, you know, they have risen to the occasion, and they have pedigree. You do not lose to the New York Jets when you're both horrible. Throw the records out. Throw the situations out. Throw the seasons out. This is your Super Bowl. Fucking Shermer, if if you are for real at all, you find a way to beat the New York Jets by at least two points, and I think that they will. Give me the Giants. Really? Yeah, man. Oh man, I can't really wanted you to pick the Jets. Come on.
0: First of all, you're just so beaten. I look at you right now. Unlike the Jets, I'm a winner, and I want to win this this little bet that we have going. Number two, I'm a Jets fan, bro. There's no, I mean, you broke your arm jerking off the Giants right there a little bit. Are you okay? But jerked them off. All I did <laughs> was talk about how
1: shitty they are. Well,
0: you said, oh, this is a class organization pedigree, blah, 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 blah. Prior to, yeah. Well, the yeah. Jets have none of that, and they haven't had it since the days of Broadway, Joe Namath. So, I don't have any of that to live off. All I know is losing, so I'm going to continue the trend, and I'm going to pick against the Jets <laughs> and take the New York Giants, okay? All right. All right, so why don't we move on to your next game, my friend? All right, let's do it.
1: I'm going to go to New Orleans. Oh, you fuck. And... This is a twelve and a half point spread that they're hosting Atlanta. Now I know this is a divisional game, and I know that twelve and a half is a huge number. And I'm sorry, I have a lot of room to make up in our standings here. And by the sounds of your ex, you know your scream, I think I just took one from you. I am going to take the New Orleans Saints to win this game by at least 12.5. Matt Schaub is starting for Atlanta. That team doesn't score points. That team doesn't stop anybody on defense. It's at the Superdome. Let's just see Sean Payton and Drew Brees go to work and uh, Michael Thomas go to work and Alvin Kamara go to work. So let's, let's do that. Let's, let's make this a nice, easy 14-point win for Shawnee Boy and the New Orleans
0: Saints. All right, so with my next pick, I am going over to Pittsburgh. I think that the L.A. Rams coming off a bye week are going to be able to win this game by at least a touchdown. Three-and-a-half point spread. They are favored on the road. I think Ramsey's going to get more integrated into this defense and going to be able to shut down. Well, Juju's in the slot. I don't know if he's going to go into the slot, but he's going to take away basically half the field from Mason Rudolph. Don't know if Connor's going to play this game. I think that the L.A. Rams are going to be able to cover this game by at least four points.
1: There you go. My next game, I'm going to Green Bay. They're a five-point favorite at home against Carolina. It's cold now in Lambeau. Carolina doesn't want to be there. I know Kyle Allen's played well, but aside from Christian McCaffrey, what do you have? And on top of that, too... You really think Green Bay feels good about how they went out to L.A. and just laid a complete egg? I know who doesn't. Aaron Rodgers. And he's going to make sure his team's ready to fucking play. Give me that five points. They'll win by that at least. Okay. And I feel good about this Packer team.
0: I'm going over to Oakland. This is Oakland's first real home game because I believe their last home game was in London in seemingly years because it's been a while. You're saying home game? They just played at at home last week. Did they? Yeah, they were home against
1: uh, uh, I'm sorry about that. Detroit. A little more
0: home cooking. Whatever. I forgot where they played. Get over it. I think Oakland's going to You always cover... say that. You're the one making. Nobody's <laughs> jumping you. We're just telling you you're wrong. Thank you for that. Um, I think Oakland's going to going to cover against the Chargers. They are going to win this game. Not on a Thursday night, too. A short week. Absolutely. Okay. Well, no travel involved. Not that the Chargers
1: have to go very far, but. No. No, they don't. They just got to go up, you know. Cal- the California freeway. They're fine. There, there you go. Way to have a little geography there, my friend. Well, they both play in California. It's an all-purpose so. pod here. That's right. Well, you know, at least I didn't say I-95 or something like that. True. Yeah. 684. Alright. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My last pick of the week since the Giants and Jets are playing each other. I will be going to Tennessee where the Kansas City Chiefs are a three-and-a-half point favorite at the Titans. The Titans lost by ten to Carolina... They had a nice little showing. Mahomes is back. Kansas City is about to keep pace in the AFC first seed race. Um, they need every win they can get, and this is a game on the schedule that they should get. I know the Titans are frisky, but uh, Kansas City is a much better team, and they need to prove that, and they need to prove it for me so I can go 4-0 and this week. Kansas City, three-and-a-half point favorite, book it at Tennessee.
0: All right, so for my sperm Bank Pick of the Week, brought to you by Dino Hypeco. Check us out on Instagram at dinohypeco, Dinohypeco com. Check them out. This is their sponsor. I'm sorry about that. I got my CEO caps crossed up there. I'm going to Dallas. I think Dallas is better than Minnesota by more than three points. Mm. And this is a win-win for me because if Dallas loses, Will gets upset. Yeah. True. And if Dallas wins, I hit the sperm bank pick of the week. And you don't like Dallas either, so if they lose, you're happy. Yes. So... My final pick of this week, the sperm bank pick of the week, brought to you by Dino Hype Co., is the Dallas Cowboys minus three at home. They're actually in Dallas, believe it it or not. On Sunday night. Did they play Sunday night? No, they played Monday night. They get so many stupid fucking Sunday night games. God, I hate the Cowboys. But that's who I'm taking this week to cover the spread of minus three. All right. All right, everybody. Maybe or maybe not, most likely we'll be back next Monday with a little bit of a Monday rundown. We'll see how Alabama did, and we'll see who won the shit bowl at MetLife this weekend between the Jets and the Giants. Everybody have a good week. Take care, guys.